This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <whistles> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms of supply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Forestieri, here's Hog Dini. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Hello and welcome to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. My name is Justin, and I'm Carl. Since we were last with you, we've had one match, which was largely forgettable. I even forgot who we were playing. You just had to remind me. Uh, a nil-nil against Millwall. Can you pick out any highlights? Uh, the final whistle went. That was probably the best one. Yeah, that was probably it, wasn't it? Yeah, there, there, is a, there isn't really much to, to cover. I think the, the game in itself was largely a, um, a defence showing from both sides, Millwall and us. Mm. Uh, they hit the post, we hit the post. Just a poor game, really. Nothing really to to get our teeth into for for a podcast especially I wouldn't want to have to do a whole podcast on it no I think we'll gloss over it although that pitch did look a little bit like the service of Croxley Moor I mean that was dreadful wasn't it yeah it's dreadful wasn't it yeah I mean Millwall new manager you'd expect a a little bit of a bounce but they're they're struggling for goals we're struggling for goals so if you were a betting man it was always going to be a a draw but um, yeah it's been a while though since I've seen uh, our kits covered in mud I have to say that's um that's not. Oh, I mean, in the old days, it was like, oh, you know. I remember when they used to put sand down. Do you remember when they used to put sand down in the penalty area? Well, we can't grow grass yeah, there now because yeah. it's it's gone past November. Game, I was watching. I was watching the game yesterday. It might have been uh, Derby. Yeah, it was Derby County. Just the highlights. My God, Pride Park used to be amazing. The pitch used to be fantastic. It's awful. Is it really? It does look like Croxley Moor. Yes, yeah, dreadful. Pitches cutting up and having mud patches on them. I thought that was a thing of the seventies and the eighties, but obviously especially not. Especially in a championship, you know what I mean? I mean, well, yeah, especially at a place like Derby. But there you go. I mean, you can, yeah, yeah, you can forgive Wickham maybe, but not Derby. Well, yeah, any, any ground that I think maybe doubles up as a rugby ground, which I believe Wickham still do. I could be wrong. Oh, really? Um, yeah, thank yeah, God Derby's we don't have Saracens anymore. Troubling our pitch. No, that was bad when we. Yeah, do you remember that when we I used do. to have Saracens? My God, I do remember that. Used it. to see the the, the the pitch marking sometimes, but I hadn't quite. Rubbed off. 
<laughs> mm. is, oh, I saw yeah. someone marked out for a rugby pitch at the moment, but yeah, no, I'm glad that's all gone. I remember the game's finishing, they're taking the goals down. Yeah. And then set, and, and erecting then the, the, almost yeah. like, yeah, brick for the, for the Sunday, because normally yeah. they played on a Sunday, didn't they? That's right, yeah. And when they had the world of Watford in the Harlequin, who remembers the Harlequin? Uh, it was actually more like the world of Saracens because there was about four four Watford tops and then there was sort of those fezzes and rugby tops yeah. and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But anyway, yeah, I'm glad those days are over. There you go. There's your match report against Millwall. We spoke more about the pitch conditions and, uh, and, Saracens. and Saracens than we did about the game itself. Hi, this is Jay Demerit, and you're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. As we speak right now, it's the 31st of January, so the transfer window is going to close imminently. Uh, our business in this window? Well, let's take a quick look at it. So, Delafeo has been sold to Udinese rather than being on loan to Udinese. That did bring quite a few comments, but did you ever really think he was going to come back to us? Because I didn't. No, in your heart of hearts? I heart of hearts, no. I think anybody, any anyone that knew that the business and how it operates from, you know, from Udinese to Watford knew that that transfer was a full transfer from the, from the moment it happened. Yeah. He was never coming back. No. As, as nice as nice as it would have been to get back to the Premier League and have Delafeo, it's that's you know gone and dusted and I think we just need to uh, wish him all the best because he was a fantastic player for us and I've, on his I day have fond memories for him yeah, yeah on, on his, his day, day. I know he, he used to go missing he, well yeah I mean you know when he was good he was really really good and when he was bad he was just get him off Delafeo he was yeah. a bit of a 50-50 I, I remember when we signed him though Everton fans said exactly the same thing they said when he's there he's, he's a world beater when he's not he's a carpet right fitter he's just terrible <laughs> <It's> the- <laughs> but, but, but why can't there be some consistency in him I just don't know why it's almost as if he had moods uh, or he'd read his stars mm. before he went on the pitch and went oh apparently was- you know Aries or whatever he is isn't going to have a good day so I won't have one it's just yeah he was a very emotional character though wasn't he very emotional I always remember him sort of Stropping around the pitch now and again when yeah. things weren't going his way, or when he was so he, off. he was yeah he was one of those that if the if the ref give a decision against him, that's it, his head dropped. Yeah, he did have his faults, not not doubting that for a second. But I thought you know he was a quality player when he, he again on his day. But when he used to do certain things, how has he done that? And I still watch that. Um, I know the, the goal at Wembley in the semi final was something special, but the one I love is against Huddersfield at home, and I think somebody's recorded it from the Elton John stand, and he. he Cuts in on the line, and you, yeah. you, you just see it from a, from a fan. It's oh, well, that display, brilliant finish. That display against Cardiff, where he scored mm. four. Did he score four yeah. that day? Anyway, he was absolutely. He was on fire. He was on fire that day. Every time he went forward, you thought, "Oh, he's another goal." Mm. But like you say, yeah, he was, you know, he was Yeah, he was a bit of a bit of a seventy thirty player, in my opinion. James Garner has gone. There's been a lot of people saying bad news and whatever. To me, that's not a loss. I don't think he was that much. No. To be honest, no, I agree. I, um, I I've got my own opinion on on James Garner. I think he's a stroppy little so and so. Thought he deserved first team football rather than working for it. Um, which is why he's gone to Nottingham Forest because they've guaranteed him first team football. I don't think we're going to miss him. I, I, I know it's split uh, the social media, you know, right down the middle with with James Garner going as, as a Watford supporter. Yes, some are for him and some are of similar opinion to me, but. I, I don't know. Did he do anything that was worth that? I think, oh, we're going to miss him not beating the front post now at corners or <laughs> whipping, whipping in a ball that goes 40 yards over, you know, over everyone. No, I just, we're, I not, we're not going to miss not, it. I don't think we're going to miss him. It's no great loss. There was a fake tweet put up yesterday, apparently, that Vidra was going to come back, taken down very, very quickly as well. That got people's pants in a bit of a twist. I mean, as much as I'd love to see him come back, I've got a feeling, and we'll get on to um, this guy from Bournemouth in a minute, but I've got a feeling, you know, it's kind of one midfielder out, one midfielder in with Watford. Mm. One defender out, one defender in. And because they think our strikers 
section is full, they won't bring another one in. Even though Murray's gone, I can't see that we're going to get a striker in before the window closes. So we are stuck with Gray, Success, Dini, Pericha, Gel Pedro. I mean, it's a nice five to be stuck with, but there's certainly one there that we could live without, if not if not more than one. <laughs> I don't want to single him out again and say names. Cause yeah, he's not gonna, let's not say his name. Let's not say his name on this podcast. No, because he's turning into we'll his try- podcast at this rate. And yeah, I, and it I, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't want that. No, I don't want name. that. But, you know, I mean, I think he's now. I think some of the backlash against Mr. Gray is getting a little bit vitriolic, actually, and some of it's a little bit ugly. But I, I still think you should be able to criticise a player if they're not playing well enough, in my opinion. Of course, you should. And and we pointed out on this podcast. Look at the goals per money that we've spent on him. It's yes. it's ridiculous as a striker. It is. And look, all that's happening now is that his time is running out. The patience is is wearing thin for everyone. Pe- some people after six months were like, nah, he's no good. He's you know, he's and it, it started from there. But yeah. you know, slowly but surely it's it's now the majority of Watford fans that understand that Andre Gray is not <laughs> I said his name. <laughs> so I mentioned it a minute ago. Don't worry about it. It's okay. I did say Mr. Grey. So you're Damn. okay. You're okay. You bleep me there as well. <laughs> That's okay. I like, I like doing bleeps. <laughs> Uh, but the um, said his name. You say, I have said his name. The, the thing is, even the Watford Observer chipped in this week with uh, a little piece yeah. saying patience running out with Andre Gray, which I've never seen <laughs> about no. any other player ever. It certainly paints a picture from outside looking in now as as well as as a fan base that yeah. people are noticing that, that this, this guy doesn't score goals and he's yeah. um, uh, I mean the goal that he has claimed this year came off his backside you know so off his bum it yeah. was <laughs> um, so there's that there's a rumour that Chalabar might be going to Leicester um, that's only a rumour at this stage as we record this podcast again for me yeah. I don't think he's contributing mm. anything now obviously there's the odd key pass and he did, he did score quite a good goal recently but he's not the player he was when we first had him back in twenty, no, he's not. And if Leicester come in with a, a sensible offer, um, I don't know like how many people have watched him recently. But if you actually watch his contribution in games, he gives the ball away so much. Yes, he actually costs us possession far more than he, he probably wins back. And that's not to say he's not chipping in and he, his work rate isn't isn't correct because it is his work rate's fine. But as a as a midfielder, you know, you look at somebody like Will Hughes. He, oh, he plays yeah. alongside him. Yeah, chalk and cheese. You well, know, he's worlds apart. He's definitely more James Garner than Will Hughes, in my opinion. Mm. And I, I, yeah, to be honest, I'm not sure. I don't know if it's the way we we set up or the formation, but it doesn't look like it suits him. He just looks a little bit lost in games. And I'm not again. If Chalabar goes, he goes, and I'm not going to lose any sleep over well, it. The one manager that I thought Chalabar played well under was uh, Nigel Pearson. Yes, and also probably uh, Zola. Yeah, yeah, of course. Zola got the best out of him. I'd say out of any. The, the managers but I I started to see glimpses of Chalibur of what yep. he could do yeah I agree and what he had been doing before and under Pearson yep. but obviously our situation is that we you know, we get managers gone in and out very quickly. So it's it's hard to build up a, a, a constant profile of players because they do play them out of positions. They play them in different, you know, scenarios. They ask different things of them. So yeah. it's very difficult overall, but but Chalibur probably stands out as a, a player that if a sensible bid came in, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't have a problem, really. No, me neither. Me neither. So also today, uh, I've just seen, and you pointed out to me, that we've signed Gosling from Bournemouth. Yes. Your thoughts on that, yes. Carl? <laughs> Um, a 30-year-old midfielder on a two-and-a-half-year contract sounds a little bit uh, over long, if you ask me. 32 and a half years when you're a midfielder, you've got to be good to be playing in midfield at 32 years old, I would say. Yeah, I mean, there's there's two aspects 
for me on this is that I remember signing Ben Watson. Oh, he was saying, all right, actually, Ben Watson. I, I thought he was right, all right. Well, there you go. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. Let's use Ben Watson. He was all right. He'd done a good job. You know, he had a bit more of a pe- pedigree in the sense of he'd won Wigan the, the FA Cup and so yeah. forth, but yeah. turned out to be a very good player for us. He did, Let's, actually. You know, you can't deny that. He's one of the um, kind of forgotten guys of the Premiership because he was there, I think, probably in our first Premiership year. Yeah, he was. And yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. was good. I like Ben Watson. That is a name from the past. And yeah, yeah, okay. Well, let's hope he's like Ben Watson. So let's, yeah, let's let's use that as a, as a positive. So the other side of that is whoever's bringing in these players from the ownership to the recruitment side, whoever it is, what are, what's the plan? What are we doing? You know, like you've just, you've said recently, it's it looks very much like we bring one player in and one player out. That's what it looks but, like, yeah. Yeah, but the idea for me, correct me if I'm wrong, or what my thought process would be, is that if a player goes, the idea is to try and bring a player in that's very either like for like in terms of technical ability and so forth, or better than what you've got rid of. Right. Not always possible. No. But the idea. Now, we've also signed um, Rob Elliott from Newcastle. As a goalkeeper. The goalkeeper, as a, as a backup. And, I, and I, I kind of understand why we've done that, because they clearly don't feel that the, the youngsters below Batman are ready for first-team football, if it should happen. Yes. So I kind of get that. So that, that one's by the bar. And if it's to the end of the season, fine. Sensible bit of business. Bringing in Dan Goslin, a 30-year-old midfielder on a two-and-a-half-year deal, is not, in my opinion, progression. No. It's not bringing the squad on and having depth in all areas. All we're doing is we've got rid of Garner, who, let's be fair, wasn't particularly good, yeah. and got a player in that Bournemouth don't want. Yes. They don't want. Yes. End of. And a Gar- team that were relegated from the Premiership at the same time as us, they don't want him. And Garner was only with us to the end of the season. We've now got this bloke for two and a half years, Gosling. Yeah. So what's the thought process behind that? I don't... No, it, I don't If know. we brought another loan in, even if we brought Dan Gosling in on a loan to the end of the season, mm. I half understand it because it's like, okay, it gives us cover. If Chalaber was to go, have we got enough time to get other players in? You know, there's all these other other questions in the background but I just don't understand the thought process on the recruitment side and why we why we're signing players like this no I don't and I wish him all the best oh I do I you do know, I, come want, on. I want Dan Gosling to turn up and be, be a Ben Watson and, and do really well it's nothing against the player no no he's, he's got the contract Any... but I don't get the thought process no I don't either I remember when we uh, signed uh, Matt Spring and we went really mm. wasn't he the one who scored that wonder goal against us do you remember were you there yes. that game when Luton yeah. invaded yeah, the pitch yeah yeah that was the, the fight in the court exactly the come on, didn't they? I don't really want to revisit that game, but as I recall, all the police were outside in the town trying yeah. to uh, stop any problems. And then there was just this slow encroachment onto the pitch of Luton fans. And you think, well, what's going on here? Surely someone's going to stop this in a minute. And then yeah, there was no there was a right in the tear up in the there. corner of the ground. It was just bizarre. But mm. to make it worse, Matt Spring launched a 25-yard... Oh, I'm going to say 30, 35-yard. It was a pit. I was, wasn't far behind that. What a goal that was. It was a piece of a goal. It was. Yeah, it was. We lost 2-1 yeah. to make it even worse, I think. 2-1 to the scummers, yeah. Do you know, that's 18 years ago and they're still scarring me. <laughs> <laughs> that game hurts. That game, I remember that oh. game. It was a, a cup game, wasn't it? It was a cup game. Yeah, it was a cup game. Cup game. Yeah. Tu- uh, yeah. Tuesday evening. Kick Tuesday off. night. Yeah. Oh man, I remember. Horrible, I was getting texts from game. friends of mine going, "You should be in the town." There's like a police barricade, and you're thinking, "We might need that ear in a minute because <laughs> they're coming on the pitch." So, oh. fortunately, I remember being I in, in Weatherspoons, the, the Moon Underwater, and they then uh, I don't know how they turned up. I assume they turned up on the train because they came from the Clarendon Road sort of side, right, and just. 
there must have been 100, 150 of them outside the, the Weatherspoons. And the police went round the back of the pub, so down the sort of um, yeah, back alley bit, yeah. through the pub and then out the front door to try and really to try and get them. Because, they, yeah, they, they were being held back by tables, chairs. The, the pub were going, get the chairs to the front, you know, because they were, they were going to come in. It was a bit of a, bit of a war zone, actually, that Weatherspoons. <laughs> yeah. You know, I like having a rivalry. But I don't like having such a villainous, unpleasant rivalry, really. No, they, they want to hurt you. It, they do want to hurt, hurt you. you. They do. Yeah, I mean, they you do want to hurt you. I've, unfortunately, I've been on the uh, the end of that a couple of times. Have you? Yeah, yeah, years ago. Well, I'll tell you, the, no, the 4 nil was fine because they bust us in. I remember that. I was busting. I was young then. Yeah, I was busting. The, the police come on at the uh, after at the end of the M1 and go, "All right, lads, no travel today. All right? Did you have yeah, all that? The police coming on and a police escort yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it was bizarre. And then, but I, I vaguely remember a game at Vicarage Road. I think it finished nil nil, and we were in the old shed stand. Right. Now I want to say something controversial here. I've I've got a feeling they were in the rookery. That's right. when we were in the Vicarage Road the, end. In the Vicarage Road end, yeah. And then yeah. as we came out, they'd already started letting the Luton fans out, and I got I, I don't know what I got hit with, but it bloody hurt. Really? I had uh, stitches on the back of my head. Yeah, yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah. Good job, stitches. Yeah. Good job you're near Watford General, eh? <laughs> I know. Yeah, it was a short walk. <laughs> that was handy. <laughs> So the question we've asked on social media recently is, have you ever had an odd experience with a Watford player? Uh, and if you listen to the last podcast, you'll know that the examples were strange things like buying kittens off of Darius Henderson or whatever. This particular post has reached 2,511 people. <laughs> Inundated is the word. <laughs> wow. Uh, and we've got a lot of comments to get through. So Carl has collated them kindly. So I'm going to let him read them and I'll chip in. Uh, if there's anything I think I should chip in with. Excellent. I like your plan. Right. So yes. let's let's start. So we've got um, Gary O'Brien called Bobby Downs face at Chesterfield away once. I thought he was going to jump over the barrier and fight me. Um, I'm not sure who Bobby Downs is, but uh, bad idea yeah. to do that to anyone. I would say uh, Eric- I upset um, Clinton Morrison once. Well, I know he's not a Watford player, but it was at Vicarage Road, so it counts. And he was playing on the pitch at the time, was he? Yeah, he missed the penalty, and uh, I said something to him. And he Obviously, noticed. Very, and he noticed, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, and Dennis Wise tried to punch me once at uh, Leeds, but that's another story. I'll tell you that one. Was he playing at the time, time or was this just on the he night wasn't. out? Oh. He wasn't. He was actually he was manager of Leeds. He'd just uh. been, uh, he was being walked around the pitch. Oh, yeah. We'll get this another time, because <laughs> this is a quality story. Okay, all right. <laughs> Let's stick to Watford players for now. Right, um, James Marshall. I spilt beer over Ray Train in a pub in about 1980. Thankfully, I'm taller than him. Actually, he was very nice about it. I hope you bought him a pint. I hope so too. Pints in those days were like 20p or something. So. Yeah, exactly. You could probably <laughs> like, yeah, you crack on with it. Yeah. <laughs> right, up next, Chris Lawton. Chris actually giving us free here, so these are these are interesting. And I haven't uh, read these yet, so okay. All right. it's, Here we it's go. good. Um, unlikely, but not odd, I met Lufa, okay, friend of the podcast. Yep. In, in the old Pizza Hut on the High Street near the Palace Theatre. I know the one. Yes. One evening, about 10 days before Bassett was sacked as manager. 
he wasn't a happy chappy at all. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Might ask Lufa about that. Yep. Lufa, do you remember, do you remember me? Hut, yes. <laughs> do you remember just before Bassett was sacked, you were upset in a pizza hut? It's unlikely, but he might. He might. <laughs> <laughs> He's then given us another one. Um, I met Steve Sherwood in the stands at Villa Park before the team was announced for the semi-final. So we knew he wasn't playing. Also, but, but the weirdest was talking to a random stranger on a bike ride in the Princess Risborough area in August 1991. He turned out to be Alan Mays. Had a pleasant conversation about the club's centenary. Okay, well, again, I'm not sure who I don't Alan know Mays. who that is. <laughs> no, no, but older listeners might know these names. Um, yeah. I'm sure at the time they were quite big. <laughs> 91. Okay, yeah. So... 91, yeah. All right. Okay. I'm trying to think that. I might have to Google him. Yes. Is well, that bad to say? No, because <laughs> I might too. Who's next? All right. Well, thanks. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate that. Um, up next, we've got... Oh, this is a great one. Go on. Because I, I know about this one. Go on. So this is actually about Megan Grace. So uh, Jason's daughter. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, I've yeah, read this Jason one. stitched her up on Facebook. With this yes. One. Brilliant. This I, I've good. heard about this one before. But yes. For the guys that don't know, what happened was uh, they were at the Wembley for Megan. So Megan used to play for Watford Ladies. Right. Watford Girls. Right. So they're at Wembley for Megan's Watford team uh, were there. She was getting presented with a medal by John Barnes. I told her he's my all-time Watford hero. She got her medal and said, did you play for Watford? John replied, yes, I did. Megan replied, but you're really fat. (laughs) Jason goes on to comment, I could have died, but he did laugh. (laughs) Oh, my God. Wow. That's brilliant. Wow, wow, wow. Poor old Johnny Barnes. I don't think anyone could describe him as being really fat, but wow. Fair play for coming has, out with it. He had to put a bit of timber on. Timber, yes, but, you know, uh, for... <laughs> that's a bit harsh. Poor yeah. old John. Poor old Barnes. Poor old John. Sorry, John Barnes. But well done, Megan. Funny. Tony Flynn up next. Uh, this is a nice story. Again, um, surrounding Lufa. Lufa phoned me to wish me happy birthday after my son contacted him, asking him to phone me. So that's always nice in the that community. That is fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's quality. Um, right. Sh- up next, Stuart Davis. Now, I've, I've tried to go back to Stuart on this one because I want to know what happened. Um, Lee Cook knocks on his front door once unexpectedly. But that's all he's put. Well, we I need thought, to know happens? more about this. Yeah, what happened? I what, mean, conversation or. Yeah. What was he delivering for Deliveroo in his spare time or what was going on there? Come back to me on that. I Definitely. want to know. What I I mean, was it knocked down Ginger? Yeah. Did he knock on the door and run off? Or... <laughs> I'd love to think it was that. And I'd love to think I he was, it was. I'd love to think he was playing for us at the time as well. I just think that's fantastic yeah. if that's what it was but yeah lee cook knocked on your door and you don't fill us in on the details we definitely so, need to know more about that we're leaving that one open we're leaving that that's one, open. one staying open uh up next colin westlake having a conversation with the injured gifter noel williams in a jacuzzi at david lloyd in 1999 well oh. that yep. that leads us in very nicely it does doesn't it? it does indeed yes because our next special guest is indeed Gifton Noel Williams. Uh, if you've got any questions for Gifton, it's not too late. If you're quick to head over to our Facebook page, there's a post there. There's a picture of Gifton Noel Williams there. If you've got any questions for him, put them underneath that and we'll put them to Gifton. 
Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to that. Um, and I'm going to ask him about a jacuzzi in 1999 as well. You've got a lot to ask him because there's also this tree story that I don't know anything about, <laughs> which I'm desperate to know the conclusion of. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I've kept you waiting on that one for a long time now. Quite a while. Yeah, quite a while. Yeah, sorry. We'll get to we'll get to that. I promise you. Okay. And then I've got to tell you the Dennis Wise one now as well. Yes, of course. Yep. Okay. Up next, this is quite a good one because uh, this is from Adrian Patterson. He's actually put a photo on as well. So odd thing was. Troy Deeney borrowing my phone and I found these pictures and he's put uh, a couple of pictures on there of Troy basically taking selfies on his phone. Well, this is brilliant and I'm going to I'm going to mention this one. I know we said we wouldn't say his name much, but uh, David Ellis <laughs> has put, yeah, strangest thing. I once saw Andre Gray score a goal. Well, there you go. Brilliant I, comment. I did well too and it came off his backside. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one on here, and this one actually uh, rings very true with me. So where I used to sit, uh, there's, a, there's a guy called uh, Neil, sits behind me. He used to always sit with his dad. And his dad was, uh, uh, God, I don't know, uh, he must have been in his, in his 70s um, when I first met him. But he was the loudest man that I've ever come across in football. He would, And he would sit directly behind me. So if something went against him, yeah. the... the the referee or anything, it was like in my ear. <laughs> I was like, I was constantly like, oh my god! <laughs> but he was a quality. He was, he was a quality guy. Um, and unfortunately, he uh, after the when we were in the championship, the season we I think it was the season we went up after the, a game at home against uh, Brentford. Um, he sadly passed away. Oh, okay. But he was a really, really nice guy. Neil, Neil uh, had, had put a story up about um, about him, and I want to read it out because it's not only about him, but it's also about Graham Taylor. And I okay. Think it's yeah, it's quality. So great. Um, it's just a quick story, but his dad, Neil's dad, my dad broke his kneecap and it was wired, etc. He had got in touch with uh, Mr. Graham Taylor, who invited him to the old training ground in Stanmore. So my dad drove himself there one Monday morning, hobbled up to the gates. When the security went to get Graham Taylor, Graham Taylor came out smiling and said, Alan, I meant when you're better. <laughs> but yeah, but he invited his dad in and they had a whale of a time talking about, you know, all things Watford and so forth. But what a great story. And and having known his dad, yeah. uh, he, he was like that, you know, just, oh, I'm going to go. I'm just going to go. That's fantastic. <laughs> quality. Yeah, I'll just hobble up there now. <laughs> yeah, I'll just go up. I've got an invite. Yeah, I would too, to be fair. Very quickly, I put one up about my strangest thing, which was uh, to do with Troy Deeney. Yes. I put the photo on. So how that happened was um, it was a pre-season friendly. It might have been Graham Taylor's testimonial at Villa Park. It was kind of a pre-season friendly. Okay. Okay. Deeney Deeney wasn't playing. Um, So I got the old, uh uh-oh, need a wee, time to nip downstairs. Yeah. (laughs) So I've... I've gone downstairs and as I've got to the bottom of the stairs, this guy's walked across me like beanie hat on, big, you know, big fella. I sort of followed him. Yeah. And then he's gone into the toilet. I've gone into the toilet. Massive area. So walk in. He sort of goes to one side, I go to the other. And I've, and he's whistling. And I was like, <laughs> just sort of poke my head over. And it's Troy Deeney. Right. So I was like, you're right, Troy. <laughs> and then I nearly went, what are you doing? But that's a stupid question. Because <laughs> yeah. clearly I know what yeah, he's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, uh, so he's gone over to the, um, the the sink to wash his hands. And I'm like, oh, come on, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Yeah. So I go for a week, quickly wash my hands. And I'm like, Troy, do it. You couldn't do us a favour, could you? So I couldn't get a photo. And he went, well, you can do. He goes, but it is in a bloke's toilet. I went, yeah, it's fine, come <laughs> Nothing on. Nothing dodgy about that. So yeah. we got, 
Yeah, so we got this photo in the uh, in the gents' toilet at Villa Park. Fantastic. That's fantastic. Thank you for listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast once again. It's always lovely having your company. Um, you were saying to me earlier, Carl, that uh, a lot of people, <laughs> or some people, have fed back to you to say they listen to this in bed at the weekends. Yes. I now feel slightly yes. soiled with that news, I have yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. I've spent a lot of time in other people's beds, apparently. Apparently so, so yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Really? I actually like sort of checking it out. I'll, I'll sort of play it through. Uh, after I've edited it in the car, just to make sure it sounds all right. And it was on the last podcast, I'm thinking, this is shorter than I thought it was going to be. I left out the whole bit about penalties <laughs> and whether we... <laughs> so what had happened was I'd published the podcast and thought, this is shorter than I imagined. Anyway, I texted David Lavender, who gave us the question about do we watch penalties. He said, we've answered that, mate. It's on the podcast. And I'm listening to it in a car thinking... Where did I? Where's that it's bit? Not, Where did it's it, it not wasn't there. there. Yeah, so I texted him again and said, "My apologies. I'm going to go and make an edit to the podcast now and re-upload it." So I did. So if you listen to the previous podcast fairly early on when it was uploaded, listen to it again because there's a whole bit on there that you won't have heard before. It's like yeah, a, there you go. A bonus yeah, track. Good question. That was as a, well. it was a good question. So yes, it's always lovely to have you uh, listening to the podcast. Without you listening, it's just me and Carl talking across Zoom, which is perfectly acceptable. Um, mm. But you know, my editing skills are not being appreciated if that's if no one listens no, to no, it. and they are good they are some <sighs> of the best I'll tell you what mate a, a 30 minute podcast can take me three hours to edit i can tell you so <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard job looking forward then we've got qpr on monday which is probably going to be either as people are just finished listening to this podcast or they would have seen the game know the result and then be listening to this podcast but how do you think yep. that's going to go i'm confident going into that game i've, I've got a good feeling about that one uh qpr made a couple of decent signings i don't know they're just they're that team that just seem to sit in and around the middle of the table don't they but i, I hope yeah. we go there with the right attitude and i think that could be a nice three points for the Orns. I think you're right. I mean, the game um, away at Loftus Road, which was at the end of November, we kind of played really well in that game. And then they snatched a draw towards the end, which was disappointing. But I think our record at home against QPR is pretty good. But the worst one I remember of QPR is when Neil Warnock was their manager and they came to us on the... Oh, it might have been the last game of the season. They, they won the league. Yeah, they were winning yeah, their stands. and there was QPR fans all over the ground yeah. in, in our in our stands and they were... Yep. They, oh. And to make it worse, did yeah. you see the dressing room footage? Because they had that uh, Tarabt. Tarabt was his name, the Moroccan? Yeah, Tarabt, yeah. And they, they totally trashed our dressing room. They totally tore it apart. Someone was filming them celebrating in there. Bloody Tommy Smith was playing from, wasn't he? Didn't he score against That's us? That's it. Yeah. Um, and Hyder Helgerson as well, wasn't he? I'd have to was check there, that. Then? I don't know. Yeah, I'd have to double check. I know there was a couple of ex-Watford in there. But, yeah. But they, Tommy Smith, yeah. They were in our stand. I'm sitting there watching the game. Yeah, thinking, they were everywhere. They were everywhere. We were in the family stand where I've, I've sat for years now. So was I that they, game. They were, so was, was I. QPR fans all over it. Yeah, that wasn't very good. I remember that. No, they, I think the ticketing office got a bit of a rollicking for <laughs> yeah, how they handled that one. And several yeah. fa- Isn't several it funny fans. how we've got a sellout for the last game of the season against QPR? Yeah, and a game and that Watford, doesn't... And Watford are nowhere near... Yeah, in a yeah. game that doesn't mean anything to us, we could more or less yeah. just go on holiday now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I, I, I very much hope that any season ticket holders that had given their season tickets to QPR got a bit of a telling off as well, because that's yeah, not on, especially in a family stand. Nah. You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah, in the rouse it happens. 
Sorry. Sometimes in the Graham Taylor it happens. Oh my god, that's been the Graham Taylor for about what seven seasons. That's a Stanley <laughs> Ralph. Still calling it the Ralph. We're calling it Schrodel's next. Um, yeah. So sometimes that happens, but very rarely, fortunately. And anyone now really gets chucked out if they start celebrating for the opposite team. Now it's it's more or less an automatic out you go. I got thrown out of Chelsea once for sitting in the Chelsea end against Watford. So the two all draw at Stamford Bridge. It was um, first or second season in the Premier League. I can't remember now. Anyway, but we Troy Deeney equalised with a penalty, and I was sat in the shed. Why did you do it, this? Well, here's the thing, right? So before the game, before the game, there was a, a guy that I won't name names. So it was a guy that we know, um, and he brought he brought his mate with him yeah. to the game. And the guys that I normally go with weren't going. I'd got like a ticket to the thing, but I was ba- not basically on, I was on my own, but I was sort of hanging around with a, a, another group of guys, but I weren't sitting anywhere near them. So he, he said to me, he says, oh, uh, I've got a spare ticket for, for the Chelsea end. So I went into the away end with them, you know, for a few beers and, and whatever. Bit bit more of a match experience. Yeah. And uh, we were losing 2-1 and Troy, we got a penalty quite late on in the game. Yeah. And I've been very, I've been up, I've been good as gold. Up until then, yeah. and uh, Troy steps up, slams it in, and I just, I literally just went, get in, Troy, like that. Not, didn't jump up or anything like that. The guy in front of me heard, yeah. So he went, "What'd you say?" And oh, I went, no. "Oh, nothing." But no, I just like, oh, he's equalised. Like trying to pan it off, yeah. And he's like, "You're a Watford supporter, right?" You're, and he's calling me out. Oh, <laughs> and, then, no. and then before I knew it, the stewards were around me, and I was like, "Mate, you know what's your problem?" Yeah. I said, and then I just let let Ruth. I said, "Just because you're drawing." Ah. Did you get thrown out? As, yeah, I got thrown out, yeah. Uh, it what, was right towards the end of the game. I what mean, it was right. happens when you're thrown out? Are you literally chucked out of the gates and then shut behind you? Uh, yeah, pretty much, yeah. No. Yeah, as long as, long as you go out quietly, which uh, in all my times, and the Man City one, which I told you about. <laughs> all my times. You should be writing a book and about it. And all this. my times when <laughs> grounds you're removed I've been from the chucked grounds. out of by Carl James, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ask to leave. <laughs> I could give you a guided, I could give you a guided tour of what happened. Okay, so they, as long but, as you go nicely, they just chuck you out and shut the door behind yeah, as you. as long as you go nicely, they just sort of, you know, uh, remove you pleasantly. And, you know, as long as you're respectful to the people that are doing it, you know, mm. you're not like... Rrr. Mm. At everyone, yeah, you're fine. Yeah, nobody wants to be thrown in a meat wagon and no. you know, sent to wherever to sit in a cell for the night. No, no, had a few that. beers and no, no, no. So I, I'm always very um, if that happens. I mean, there's two things that happen: is one beer, yeah, two we're losing, and then you just get that one fan who just says the wrong thing at the wrong time, and yep. then it's just like you go up like yeah. a firework. Yeah, it's happened a few times. Uh, Man United away. Here's a quick one. Man United away at Old Trafford. I think we lost one nil. It was on a maybe a midweek game. Yeah. Man United score. Uh, Matter scores a free kick. Yeah. There's a group of lads in front of me. Uh, maybe about ten, twelve of them, sort of in a in a row, all sat together. Free kick goes in. Bang! They all celebrate. Yeah. Absolutely like. Whoop. Yeah. And then obviously realise. Oh, oops. We shouldn't have done that. Yeah. So I so I just I was like sat directly. Right. I went. You might have to bleep this, but I, I went. Well, that was stupid, wasn't it? And then before I knew it, maybe about 10, 15 Watford fans had come down yeah. from above yeah. us, yeah. wanting to wanting to get some uh, some vengeance on them. Just, but they were, to be fair to Man United, they were all removed. They I, removed them all. I just wonder why Man United fans would be sitting in the Watford end at Old Trafford. Is there not enough seats for them? The rest of the ground that they got to well, use up were, our allocation. The, when I said to him, I said, "Where you? So what? You from Watford then?" Mm. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, we're from Watford, but we're Man United fans." I'm like, well, how does sit that in the Man United work? End, then. How does that work? That's just ridiculous. That yeah, is. what it is is. 
they've got they've they've obviously got somebody or got people or whatever they've got a membership that they can buy away tickets yeah. or they might even have season tickets for Watford yeah. you don't know you, well, you'd be surprised I'll tell you this now uh, and I guarantee this how empty Vicarage Road would be with us being in the championship compared to the Premier League with the amount of season ticket holders and, and so forth because although they, people buy the season tickets it's really bad for people that don't turn up and they only use them for in the Premier League the big games but and that, Man United, Chelsea. So you'll remember then getting threatened at the beginning of last season with if you miss three games, we're going to take the t- season ticket off you. Letter, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I thought was absolutely disgusting because yeah. you might miss it because of happen. ill health, yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. absolutely wrong, that is. It's happening, isn't it? It's clearly. happening. But we'll never know. I've just got one more anecdote actually about sitting in the wrong end, which ties in with QPR. The season when we were going up under Boothroyd. All sorts of crazy things happened. Um, So my dad used to know a couple of QPR players. Um, So he rang them up, rang one of them up and said, can we have some tickets for the game against Watford? No problem, Mike. We'll sort that out for you. Brilliant. Three tickets turn up. They're in the QPR end. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm not wearing colours. None of us are wearing colours, so we're going to get away with this. You know, accents aren't too far apart if you talk. Um, It's not like being at Leeds or whatever and going, here's a couple of cockneys down. You know what I mean? It It was okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, in this game, there was a freak, freak occurrence, and I don't know if you remember it. Foster got lobbed and the ball bounced and it looked like it was going in the goal and QPR were getting ready to stand up and celebrate, right? So they were just about to get out of their seats, but it bounced off the crossbar. Foster got it. Cannoned it up the field, and I think Ashley Young scored. Scored, yes, within, I do remember. All of this was within five seconds of them getting out of their seats and then it being in the net at the other end. And of course, the first thing I want to do is go get in, but I'm thinking better not. Yeah. Instead, I'm joining in with the <laughs> sake. Uh, you know, <laughs> that was going in. I was. I was that was a goal wasn't it so I had to join in with that a little bit because I didn't want to sit there sort of like looking stony faced and sort of the secret smile on my face or whatever so and I think we won that game as well which made it worse someone next to me actually threw a bottle on the pitch at a player um, at one point in the game it was horrible and it's horrible to be because at that point you're like you want to go why are you throwing bottles if you you can't you've got to sit there sort of going (laughs) so I don't ever recommend sitting in the wrong end because it's a horrible unpleasant experience everyone's got to try it though go and try it just go go and sit in the in the other end just to you know give it a whirl I don't know I don't know. I think yeah, it's for the brave, it Carl. It's for the brave. And it's it's for people mm, that can act. <laughs> yes. And it's for people who can put an act on as well. Because if you can't hide your emotions and your feelings, and, and if you can't just sit down when a goal like that scored, you're in a world of trouble. I mean, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. As you, definitely. As you, Especially, uh, yeah. And you're getting Especially walked out by the stewards. Like <laughs> Millwall or oh, something like not that. A chance. I, I wouldn't advise no. it there. No, or, or uh, Kenilworth or anywhere like that. I would really not bother doing it there. I'm right in saying there's a chap who goes to Watford who's affiliated with Glasgow Rangers and so forth and he does go to the odd Millwall game and I do vaguely remember seeing him at the away end at Luton Town undoing his jacket yeah. to, and showing Luton supporters sitting in the other stand his Watford shirt. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, talk about a pair of kahunas. Yeah, ballsy move that, mate. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. but I, I was like outstanding and I'm, I'll have to try and find it somewhere but yeah, I was yeah. like brilliant. Amazing. But my God, you'd, you'd want to be out of there quickly. You would want to be out, yeah. <laughs> Ideally with a police escort, yeah. That's the end of the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Lovely having you with us once again. Look out for the Gift and Noel Williams special, which should be coming out soon. Uh, until next time, it's goodbye from me. And as always, it's goodbye from me. See you later. Ta-da. Ta-da.
Social Podcast Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.